Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Unlocked, the podcast that inspires you to create a successful, happy and positive life, hosted by me, Ricky Locke, trainer, speaker, professional magician, who's on a mission to understand how can we truly live the best version of ourselves. Welcome to part two of the Steve McDermott podcast. Steve has been very patient with me and as podcast fans will know, my laptop broke a few weeks ago, I brought a Mac and the Mac doesn't read PC files. Ah! But it's not a problem because it's all sorted now and we are now finally here a little bit overdue but part two of the steve mcdermott interview in this brief discussion about the book how to be a complete and utter fuck up 47 and a half steps to lasting underachievement it is the total antidote to all those trashy self-help motivational books and we discussed lots of great nuggets from the book but don't switch off or panic because the title how to be a complete and utter fuck up is quite the opposite uh, it is quite the opposite of what it says because behind this entertaining book is a very serious message to help you be the best version of yourself. I love this book. It's fantastic. It's the third copy of the book and I uh, can't wait for you to hear it. We discussed loads of great nuggets from the book. As always, thank you for listening. And if you do enjoy this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a little review. But without further ado, here is the podcast, part two with Steve Dillard. Well, um, Steve, uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate that sharing that. We'll move on to the book because I guess that's probably one of the things that we connected recently. And um, I've got to say, Steve, actually, thank you so much because I obviously put a quote out from from Gurf, which was from the the second edition. It was on my LinkedIn. Then you found it. You connected. And I went, oh shit! Oh my god, Steve, Steve McDermott, so <laughs> connected with me, you know. And then obviously, thank you for obviously uh, getting in touch and making this happen. But I absolutely love this book. And um, for everyone listening, the third edition has just come out. It's called How to Be a Complete and Utter Duck Up. 47 and a half steps to lasting underachievement. Um, I have shared a video of this recently, which I'll put in the show notes as well. And you know, I think it's an absolute brilliant book filled with pure gold, really. And it's, as I've said, it's that perfect antidote to those trashy self-help novels that make you go, Ugh. you know, I, I totally agree as a, as a British person, no offense to anyone out there, but yeah. I'm not one of those people that can, you know, like, um, like you said before, massage each other and all that, but this is just a really great way. It's, it's simple it's chaptered led as well. So it's really something you can just pick it up every day, read a chapter every day and learn something from it. But I'd love to know where did this all start from? You've mentioned it's over 20 years ago, 2002, I believe was the first edition. Yeah. Uh, well, it actually started as a self-published book. So again, if we've got any budding authors out there, you may be one of them, Ricky, right? Um, if you think about publishing, there's a few ways you can go. And I think the world of self-publish has changed a lot. And it's gone away from, say, vanity publishing. But the thing about any kind of idea or book is it's like, well, is there a market for it? And you need to test it. So self, we've, we, my agent first did the self-published version of the book and we got feedback on it. Right. And people loved it. And, I, and that was 39 and a half steps back then. So the other thing I would say is, you know, you can have a second go. At it. So because it's been over 20 years, there's been a lot of changes in my life. Right. So we did a self-published version, got feedback on it. And then you can go to a publishers. Now, publishers, all they're thinking is this. Will we get our money back on your advance? Now, before you all get excited, in the world of business books, you're not going to get like a million pounds advance. It's not Harry Potter, right? <laughs> but it's still a bit of money. So if you can show that you've already sold a load of your book already, so that'd be my top tip for that. Um, so what I like about it being a third edition is obviously I like to feel over time it's improved just based. So we know the four-minute rule works because get feedback on it. But there's three new steps in the new one, right? Mm. Uh, which is why it's so exciting to be able to bring out a third edition um, because things change for us all, don't we? So uh, the three new steps in my case uh, in the book that, that I talk about, I rarely talk about myself, right? 
which is which again maybe this is the american <laughs> thing you know so a lot of american motivational speakers talk about how the uh, climbed up a mountain you know just using the fingernails or slept in the car for seven years before they became a multi-millionaire and lived in hawaii with seven helicopters and all that right yeah. So I'm not a big fan of that because from Yorkshire, you don't really like show-offs, right? <laughs> but I thought there's an opportunity with this new edition to, to be a bit more personal in terms of significant things that have happened to me since mm -hmm. the last edition came out. And the three significant things that happened to me uh, since the last edition came out was I had two really bad bouts of clinical depression. And I think it's really important, particularly for blokes from north of England, I think, to to recognize that anybody can get mental mentally unwell so there's a chapter on that and i think the big in terms of beliefs i used to believe you see that you had a choice whether your glass was half empty or half full you know we'll talk about it yeah. so people listen to this just stop for a moment and ask yourself am i the sort of person who's like got a glass half empty or glass half full and i thought you had a choice and what i learned when i had those two bouts of depression which are well behind me now was you don't have a choice hmm. right uh, whether your glass is half empty, half full. And uh, and we, we know that that's still a common belief that you have a choice because you, there's one of our daily newspapers, which I won't name, but it's sort of, uh, it's a red top, right? Um, quite right wing. And they ask celebrities questions like, um, can you still run up a flight of stairs and, and stuff like this? But one of the questions they always ask them is, have you ever suffered from depression? And the vast majority go, no. Because I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm mentally strong, right? And, I, and I'm a glass half full type person. And that just tells me that it's still massively understood. So I thought we needed a chapter on that, right? Which says that one in three people listen to this, and perhaps even more given the challenge we've had recently, will will suffer from some form of mental illness. And I think it's beholden to us who have to be prepared yeah. to be open about and vulnerable about it. So the chapter in that, and it's mainly aimed at those people having to sort people who are mentally unwell, because I think they're the ones that are often forgotten. I think that's a really hard role, right? So yeah. my wife Candy actually wrote a bit in that bit. So that's good. Uh, once I sorted that out, I decided that um, I would stop drinking at the age of 60. Bit of a tradition in north of England for my generation. So there's a chapter on how, if you chose, you can reduce your uh, dependence on alcohol if you're dependent on it, or you can stop drinking entirely. Wow, right? Um, so I've attempted in one chapter to show you how to do that. And because I did those two things, it freed up my time to become ridiculously physically fit. Mm. Uh, so I've done bugger all, Steve, really. If I can just say as well, you know, my first impression of you was the four-minute rule where, and I'm not going to say, you know, but you look different then than you did now. So you look incredibly well, which is absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, because I am. And that wasn't, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that you looked unwell. No, but, but you know, but I was like, yeah. you know. Um, um, so, so there's three tips in there. So that excites me as well because it, it's kind of like you know, uh, and all of those are all around the object of belief, right? So if you think about uh, uh, depression, I used to have the belief that it was a choice. It isn't a choice. So that's a powerful belief, both for me, but for everybody else listening to this. You know, it's not your fault. Doctors can't even agree on perhaps what causes depression. Yes, there's life yeah. circumstances, but it might be chemical imbalance in the brain. It might be that you broke your leg and then it went. There's a lot. Nobody can really agree on what causes it. It, it can, in my case, just seem to happen, right? But that's around the beliefs you have. Beliefs around drinking. So the, the chapter on that is all about most people have the belief that you can't be a fun-loving non-drinker. And I've got to tell you, I haven't had a drink for, well, I don't count, so I'll have to think about this now nearly four years 
I don't count right because I, I changed my beliefs around alcohol. I didn't put the focus on what I was losing. I put the focus on what I was gaining. And in fact, people don't, won't believe this because it seems so impossible. But within two weeks of stopping drinking, having been a lifelong drinker, Northern lad, you know, and all that, I had no, I, ne I didn't have any cravings at all. I've never had a craving and I'm never, and I can go to a pub, I can go to parties, uh, Northern Soul All Nighters, best time ever, 30th wedding anniversary, right? So it is possible. So that's remarkable. And the fitness thing, right? Uh, who'd have thought I was really good at running? I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> I mean, I used to play rugby union winger when I was like 16, 17, did a bit of walking, but never did any running. Got into running via my wife, Candy, who did couch to 5K and all that. But I'm quite competitive. So I said, oh, we need to do like a 10K race. And then twice that is like half marathon. And then I did the Yorkshire Marathon. And as I said, I was meant to be running, I was meant to be running the London Marathon last year. But this year, me and Candy are running the London Marathon. And I'll be just shy of wow. 65, and she'll be, and, it be, and that'll be my third marathon if you can't run around Fantastic. the track as one. And it'll be her first marathon. And that's all around beliefs, right? Because people, yeah. when I did that 105 laps of uh, the running track on my own because of social distancing, the number one thing people said to me was, How boring is that going to be? And I knew that's just the power of belief, right? I'm big. This is one of my big topics, beliefs. That's just a limiting belief. Because if I had the belief that it was going to be boring, both the training, because remember, training for a marathon is four months. So it's meant I had to train on, I had to run 22 miles on that track on my own five or six times before I even did the actual marathon itself. So if I had the belief it was going to be boring, what's it going to be? Boring. boring. Yeah. So I decided it wasn't going to be that. It was going to be something else, right? So there's a massive mental application to that. Uh, the number one, if you don't, you don't, you'd have to be into running to, to, to think about this. But the number one thing that people talk about with marathons is hitting the wall. You might have heard that yeah. expression. So a lot of people, if you watch um, London Marathon or telly or whatever, around about 18, 19 miles, that's when you see people staggering around and all that. And I thought, is that, an, it, that's just a belief. Because I've noticed lots of people do hit the wall. But lots of people don't, do they? Right. So what are the people who don't in the wall? What are they doing then that's different? To, yeah. and, it, and actually, it just came down to like several things, but like the right training plan, right nutrition, right hydration, right energy, whatever. If you did all those things, and also if you visualized yourself. See, I ran the first marathon, Yorkshire Marathon. I ran that so many times in my head before I ever showed up. Now, when I ran it on the day, it's like I've done it a million times before. And you'll know this when it comes to teaching presentations, what you're going to do on a webinar, you know. I'll talk about this a lot in the book. All success is created twice. So you've got to see yourself in your head doing a good job. And that's, a, that's whether that's running, doing a podcast, doing a presentation. All success is created twice. So that all power visualization. So the running, so all the stuff I've learned as a motivational speaker, I just put into my running, right? Uh, so it's a joy. So we start training for that in, in June, I think. Hopefully that will happen in October. Yeah, you've well, got lights at the end of the tunnel now, isn't it? It looks like it's coming yeah. that way. So yeah, and if it don't, we'll just I'll have to just do a virtual one again instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should just take a, a camera with you, do a virtual marathon. Well, the trouble track. is, you yeah. see, the thing with all the social people do that, but then you do, uh, again, a bit like I said, that advice about when you have four minutes yeah. with your kids, put all your digital stuff away i think a lot of people actually miss the experience because they're too busy recording it don't they 
Hey, it's Ricky, and I'm just pausing the episode just to remind you that if you do love this episode, then head over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave us a quick little review. Even if you don't want to write anything, you can just click the five stars, leave a rating, and it helps this podcast get shared to more people around the world. Now, I know that you're a really nice person and you listen to this episode, so thank you. So let me know what you think. I would love to hear your thoughts. Keep on being awesome, and let's go back to the episode. Goodbye. Agreed. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Well, it, you think about <laughs> Clubhouse notifications now that we all get as well. Like, I, I found like that first week I first joined, it was like, hang on a minute. I'm sure I'm supposed to be spending some time with my fiance right now. But yes. I was like going, in case people haven't heard of Clubhouse, that's a real, that can oh, suck God, all yeah. your time away. I think it's got a place, but that's true of all social media. It's all, all about discipline, isn't it? Right. Um, and, and does it have a place in your business in your life? And these are all good questions to ask, really. But my final, my, my final thought on the book will be, I think it, it's you can read it in a few ways. A lot of people buy it and they go, I bought this as a laugh because you need this. You need to learn how to be a complete nut to duck up you, right? Because you, you're already a bit of a screw-up as it is. And the pe- people like buy it as a joke for somebody else or for themselves to keep it. Most favourite place people keep it is the downstairs low. Great. Because what happens is you get under the radar and they start reading and go, hang on a minute, this is quite funny, but it's quite profound as well. So there's yeah, that. Yeah. Or some people buy it, as I say, because they prefer their self-development with a bit of fun, you know, but that doesn't mean that it can't can't change your ideas. And if nothing else, you know, as, you, as you've, you've, you've quoted from it many times, you know, my goal was to have some little, um, some of my favourite quotes in there. You know, as you know, it's all basic. Yeah. In case people are thinking, why is it written? When I was in America, I did a lot of speaking in America. People go, the Americans won't understand this book, Steve, because you're writing a book on how to be a duck up, right? How to be a failure. They don't get irony, right? And I go, yeah, but. <laughs> and so, in case your listeners are wondering, the whole book's written using reverse psychology, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll all know if you say to a small child, don't drop the milk, what do they do, right? So, yeah. uh, every chapter starts, you know, with the word don't, don't have any goals, for example, right? It also starts with a quote to avoid, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then action. <laughs> action not to take because you and i both know don't we that the difference yeah. between uh, being a duck up and uh, not being is what you do you know you did yeah. a great little pod i think one of your previous podcasts about burning your boats right your boats, yeah you yeah. can't talk about it you got to do it right and i think yeah. what's happened is a lot of people in in the, in the last few months have kind of got stuck and taken no action because they don't know what action to take and i would say just do anything don't matter what you just do anything don't matter you know whether it's the zoom thing whether it's clubhouse don't matter just do something will it work who knows yeah yeah but you've got a chance yes to, to it and work something. out to it later yeah, work it out yeah. later right you know yeah um you'll find a how uh, at some other point but i think we've all been sort of a bit paralyzed by overthinking you know yeah. i know you're big on procrastination i could do this i yeah. could do that i could do the other yeah you know, like we're running, it's like or else, it just one step before in front of the other, right? How do you run a marathon? One step at a time, right? <laughs> Literally. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. just go out and yeah. run a marathon. I mean, my point in the book is I'm not suggesting that you, you do what I did. You know, it might from the outside seem crazy. But I am suggesting start small. You know, anybody can stand on one leg when they clean the teeth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to go out and run a marathon. And I think so all those little moments. So just stop, go away now and go, right. 
what I'm going to do with four minute rule and what's one thing I've been putting off doing, one small step I can take, you know, couch to 5k, that's getting off sofa and just going for a 10 minute walk and then a 20 minute walk. There's just stuff we can do it. But you've got to take, as we started this podcast, you've got to take personal responsibility. I just think, Dale, especially if you're young, because it's so much easier to blame other stuff, right? Yeah. And yeah, it may be true that all those things have created the circumstances, but we have the power to get out of this. We have the power to create change. And, and you know, I think we will look back actually at some point and go, that was a crazy ass time, but wow. Yeah. You know? um, well, it's like in your in the book, you talk about the whole um when people blame the world for everything yeah. that's going on well the world was here first <laughs> the world doesn't know you anything does it no, no, <laughs> no and it'll still be here when right, we're yeah. not here as well right yeah, um yeah yeah and i think it's hard to it's hard to and i know people have had very different experiences don't get me wrong i think this notion that we're all in it together is nonsense obviously because Agreed, yeah. it's easy to be in it together when you're in a big mansion and you've got a lot yeah. of money and you know it don't matter and if you're in a high-rise apartment with and you're a single mother with five kids running around and you've no yeah. money, no job, that's different. However, yes. uh, in a sense, we are all in it together because we've all had this unique world experience. And I think yeah. hopefully we'll better look back and go, what a what a gift, really. You know, yeah. it might not seem it right now, but what a gift because I've met people and sports people that I would never have met in any other circumstances yeah. than this. And had to develop, as I know you have, new skills and new things and new ways yeah. of thinking that I probably would never got around to doing because yeah. I didn't have to, right? Well, I agree with you, Steve. I think you're absolutely right. I think that whole thing when people say we're all in the same boat, I think we're all in the same storm. I remember last year, yeah. and fellow boats were beautiful, weren't they? But my little small business, RAF, was dying, you know, massively. But it was the same. Yeah, I just decided to take action. I thought of an idea of doing an online show. It was like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm a speaker, I'm a you know a magician, I like being in front of people. So, but then it, it was just adapting and like you said, taking action, doing something, saying I'll do it, work out, do it later. And then yeah, six, seven months later, I'm still doing it. Yeah, don't be afraid of ducking yeah. up. I think that's the thing. I think we, we we're just so afraid of failure, right? And yet we know, and it's a cliche again, but that's where all the learning is, right? That's yeah. just where all the everything I think the biggest change in my life is when I've changed my mindset, or if you like, changed my beliefs around something. Uh, and I've just taken a, some sort of calculate. I'm not saying jump out of the plane without a parachute. Taking some sort of calculated risk, you know, and gone. As long as I don't beat myself up, and I just all I can get is some results here, just some results. You know, there's no failure. There's just the chance to get some fascinating results and learn from them. You know, I'm not going to bet the house on it, uh, but I can learn from it. I, I know it's easier said than done, but that taking action. And when I look back over my life and my career, it's those moments when I was brave. You know, I mean, I left a job in in advertising when i only had two kids and my mom, uh, my wife was a full-time mom you know and advertising high brilliantly paid job fancy car all that health care and i just stopped all that and i know you've done similar thing i went i'm going to go self-employed and the number one thing people say to you when you go self-employed is oh <laughs> no security you have yeah. no security which of course is a myth because you know i'm yeah. no more security working for somebody else in fact you probably yeah. have less because they can fire us can't they yeah yeah the only well, my mom and dad can... said to me yeah they said are you gonna pay your mortgage ricky yeah <laughs> what like everyone else does mom you know <laughs> i know so so these are all yeah. just things to explore right so i think there's a real opportunity for everybody listening to this out there there's op there are opportunities yes it's challenging but you just need to search out those opportunities you be prepared to fall flat on your, on your face now and again 
that's where the learning yeah. is. I don't know anybody that's done anything. I know because my lad's big into magic. Finley, like, he's a good magician, right? And I know right. a big part of magic is just getting it wrong. That's a yeah. big part of it. <laughs> getting yeah, yeah. it wrong till you get it right. You're absolutely right. And that of the gigs that I've done in the past where I've, I've gone to like a wedding and spilt a glass of wine on someone, if I focused on that, I'm, I'm a complete failure and a complete utter duck up. I'm never going to carry on. But it's it's what was the real win there? Well, the real win, Ricky, was that you tried something new. It didn't work, but hey, yeah. you tried. And that's the main thing. So let's carry on again. And that's the difference, isn't it? Like you say in the book, um, and I think in, a, in some podcasts I've heard you talk about is that stuff happens. It's how you respond to it. And that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, it? I think let, let, I'll leave you with this final story, right? So, I mean, we use this on a lot of our workshops too, right? And I was inspired with this with Star Trek. So, any Star Trek fans out there? So, and when I think about Star Trek, again, this is my generation, uh, not the next generation. Um, but my generation, I just think about the, what I call the original TV series with uh, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, right? So yeah. Captain Kirk, right? When I was a little kid, I remember we just got a colour. This is again, this is how old I am. I remember we just got a colour television. Wow. And one of the first programs. I know. And one of the first Keith Lake, North of England. Wow. Um, one of the first TV programs we ever saw in colour was Star Trek, right? Which is vivid technically, you know, the red uniforms, or whatever. Yeah. And the typical episode of uh, Star Trek, they'd be, they'd be getting attacked by the Klingons, which is quite painful, isn't it? And like they're all falling about the bridge, and, and Kirk is getting all emotional, but not Spock, right? Spock's in what I call the Spock state. Yes. So he'd always be stood like this, and they all okay, so he just stood like that. And they just go, how fascinating. Yes. Right? So I think that's a really good phrase. I think having like a little mantra you can use. So I, again, just like the four minute, I've trained myself when it's all, when when the stuff's in the fan, you know, whether you're spilling wine on one of the guests at a magic <laughs> show or your presentation's going to hell in a handcar or whatever, if you can just stand back and in your head at least, or maybe afterwards just go, how fascinating because i think what yeah. can happen is we try something and like we get like kirk we get really emotional and we beat ourselves up you know we step outside our comfort zone and it doesn't quite work and we go oh no you know i ducked up again i failed and we beat ourselves up and we miss the learning yeah whereas if we can stand back and be a bit more spot spot like and analytical and just go how fascinating so when it's really going down and it's not working if you just because if the, at the very least it'll make you smile you know, when it's really going wrong, <laughs> you just go, yeah. how fascinating yeah. this is, right? I've done it loads of times on stage, in workshops, when crazy stuff, things you just couldn't have predicted, and you just go, wow. And me and my colleagues, we just have a shot and go, bit of a spot, bit of a spot moment here, isn't it? And go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you I, get the, <laughs> but the point is you get the yeah. learning and you put it into your next go. Whereas if you get emotional, you just forget the learning and you just yeah. remember the pain, right? Yeah. So I, I used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say um, there was something that happened to me once at a magic show where I was um, showing a deck of cards and then a card dropped on the floor and everyone's going to go, <gasps> you know, they all look at that. And I just went and just came up off the cuff and went, gravity, you know, or like, um, or, you know, stay. That, I think that's what I said. It was like, snap my fingers and went, stay. Great, I'm working on that one, you know, and he just kind of adapted to it. But it was like, well, one of the master beliefs I, I think one of the master beliefs that all great presenters have is use everything, right? Because yeah. the audience don't know, and you know that as a magician, as a presenter, right? Yeah. And that's just so empowering a belief to have. We talked about beliefs during this podcast, don't we? And a great belief to have is they don't know, they, they never know. So when you're giving a presentation or you're doing a magic show, whatever you're doing whatever it is, they don't know. And unless you're stupid enough to tell them, like, I meant to do this, I meant to do that, I meant to do other. 
they'll never know but i think we're so quick to want to go i meant to do this i'm really sorry and they don't know right and you can have a little brain smile about how fascinating if only they'd known that didn't mean to drop that card but they don't and even and i think some of my biggest learners is when it's gone wrong if you like and the audience of like um you've probably had this experience somebody shouts really great heckle right you get a great heckle <laughs> yes, or somebody yeah. does summer and it and it buggers up your trick or it buggers up your presentation and you think oh but you think that was great i'm going to use that the next time yes so some of yeah. my best material is so much something all just shouted out right yeah. right somebody once shouted out what did they shout out they said you look like the um you look like the bastard offspring of elvis costello and buddy <laughs> holly shouted out <laughs> but i'm going to use that i'm going to yeah. use that you know yeah. So, so that's it. Just welcome it all. Welcome it all. Yeah, it, it happened to me, Steve. Yeah, it happened to me once at um, a show. I shouted out a question: Does anyone know the difference between a magician and a mind reader? And someone shouted back to me, went about three hundred quid in it. Yeah, <laughs> and I went, "That's pure gold. I'm having that." And it stayed in my repertoire for the last three years. Um, but anyway, Steve, look, I'm going to wrap up because I'm conscious that I'm taking a lot of your time. But I really appreciate. It. I think we could talk about this all day. So I love this content. I usually finish up the podcast by saying, "Obviously, thank you first for sharing so much value and so much gold." There's usually three questions I usually ask. This podcast season is all about living the best version of yourselves. And I talk about how to live a happy and positive life and kind of create a magical experience. But if you could say, what could we do to make a difference this year to live the best version of ourselves, what would it be? I think it's this it, the whole notion of um, purpose, really. We haven't really touched on that. And I think, you know, um, what is purpose? A massive topic, but I think it's making a meaningful contribution is one way I would define it, whatever that is, right? So I don't know if you've, we talked about nonverbal communication. I don't know if it's possible to tell if somebody's smiling behind a mask. What do you reckon? I think, yeah, well, it's, I mean, the eyebrows would give away something. Yeah. But then again, anyway, it might so be. if I was to give you like a real simple practical tip, mm back to what we've been talking about you know four minute and stuff is i make a point of smiling behind my mask now i don't know if the person i'm smiling at can tell the, my, my eyebrows might go whatever right? i don't know yeah. but i know it makes me feel better yes because we know when you smile you know if you want to change how you feel just put a big stupid smile on your face because the science says mind and body connection you know motion follows emotion it's like your brain goes he's got a smile on his face he must be happy go on then so at the very least if you put a smile on your face when you go to the supermarket behind your mask it'll make you feel better but there's a chance maybe an outside chance that the person that you're looking at will pick up on that smile so i think let's give you a real practical thing to take away in the next few months smile at people and if you're outside and you social distance, you don't have a mask on, definitely smile at people. It'll make you feel better and it'll definitely make them feel better. And it'll definitely help those first four minutes of any interaction you have all day long. I love that. Great advice. And uh, yeah, I guess then lastly, Steve, where can people find you? How can they find out more about what you do? Right. So, you know, just Google me as I say. So I have dot. We don't do the dot com stuff there. You can get the book on Amazon. Uh, just Google and find me. We do we do a regular thing, Compliment Club Cooper on LinkedIn every Tuesday. So you can easily track me down. You'll be putting my contact details on you. Yeah. Uh, open for speaking engagements remotely and uh, hopefully <laughs> back in a room with some real people, Ricky, eh, at some point. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. 
Well, Steve, thank you, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. And yeah, good luck to you. And uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Are you going to get to the fringe? Maybe? Is it going ahead? No, I've done it now. I've done, that got ticked it off because it was last year. Uh, the irony was, you know, I had more space in my home office than I did in the venue I booked in Edinburgh. That's quite funny, right? right. So no, I'm not. That's gone, that goal now. Books out, that's gone. But the London Marathon is my next big focus. So I've been, that's what I'm getting getting into next. Start training for that soon. Nice one. Well, good luck. And uh, yeah, thanks for very much for coming on and good luck for 2021. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Steve, for coming on to the show. And don't forget, head to the show notes. You can find out more about Steve's work and how to get a copy of this book. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a little review that definitely helps out with the ratings. And I'll join you on the next episode of Unlocked. Goodbye.